Well, after a wild and crazy division round, the Big D is back ready to uh, talk uh, Chiefs Bills today. Before I bring in the day's guests, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where uh, uh, it's uh, officially a conference championship week where we'll have content about that. Also, check out the Big D Podcast for audio, audio listeners, Spotify, and Apple. So, uh, I don't know what it is, but the Buffalo Bills keep breaking everybody's heart. And yesterday, uh, Buffalo found another way to lose a heartbreaker. So, to talk all things Chiefs Bills, uh, Papa Ron is back for the second time in as many weeks. And, uh, boss, uh, it looked good for a while. Yeah, for about three quarters. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just couldn't find a way to get in the, get any points in that fourth quarter. Yeah, Camp City breaking your heart again, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Start off great. I mean, Buffalo running and passing. I mean, Josh Allen getting two rushing touchdowns, and then Mahomes finding Kelsey. I'm like, of course, it's like Brady to Gronk, Brady, uh, Mahomes to Kelsey. Why should we ever be surprised? Yeah, I don't think we should. Um, I think last night, Bills were missing Terrell Bernard, their their middle linebacker, a lot more than I think even I realized. Um, I, I kind of – I felt like going into that game that Terrell Dodson and either Dorian Williams or um, A.J. Klein might be able to kind of fill the void a little bit. About halftime, I was saying that maybe it's time for Dorian Williams to come into the game. As I know he's a rookie, but he's probably the most athletic of our linebackers, uh, especially of the healthy ones we had last night. And I think maybe he could have done a little bit better job uh, on Kelsey just because of that. But uh, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's another heartbreaker to the Chiefs. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we are with that. Uh, on to next season. We'll see what the Bills do going forward. Yeah, I mean, um, start off, uh, game started off well. I mean, Josh Allen looked composed. Fine. I'm just on the ground, but Buffalo as a whole running the ball well while finding the open receivers. I mean, but be honest, there must have been a concern thinking Buffalo's dominating the ground game, but yet the score at halftime was, what, 17-13, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they came out with the right game plan. I, I do. Um, and you look at that Chiefs defense. It's one of the top defenses in the league. I believe they're number two or three or somewhere around there. Uh, and our offense really kind of had our way with them. Allen was finding open guys. He was completing passes. James Cook was having – uh, having a nice game. Josh Allen was running around doing his thing with the, uh, the legs as well. Uh, I really felt like that uh, the way the Bills offense in that first half was operating is they, they were in control. Um, at no point in that first half did I feel like that the, the Chiefs had an answer. Um, that changed in the second half, what which you expect that to happen. Coaches, especially the great ones like Andy Reid, they go in there, they make adjustments, they make some changes. Uh, and um, they found a way to to kind of mitigate the running, the rushing attacks, particularly with James Cook. I believe he finished with only a 3.4 yard per carry average, and that's largely because of what the Chiefs were able to do against him in that second half. 
Yeah, and, and you know, Greg, and seemingly, I don't know what it is in these teams, but Josh Allen's having to do everything. I mean, uh, he's running and throwing. I mean, threw the ball 39 times, rushed 12 balls, scored two on touchdown on the ground, threw a great touchdown to Khalil Shakir. Maybe the mm-hmm. best throw of the weekend. Throw, thrown where on where I'm not sure outside maybe that Mahomes guy if anybody could have thrown that ball. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard because 39 pass attempts. That that's a lot, um, but I think he, he had less than 200 total yards uh, passing too. So there was a lot of short throws, a lot of passes behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, trusting your guys to, to to make plays and get those run after the catch yards, which they were doing for the most part. They were they were successful in that first half doing just that. Uh, the problem came in that second half when the, the deep throws just weren't there. There was the one to Khalil Shakir when he was open in the back of the end zone. That would have been a touchdown had, uh, had he not got hit uh, on the release. I know there, there's a lot of comments about he should have dumped it underneath to um, uh, Stefan Diggs because he was open coming across. And, yes, he was open coming across. Allen made the right decision, I think, in that in that moment. Either either decision would have been right because they were both open, right? He chose to go for the six. You can't ever fault a quarterback for going for six in that moment. He had it. Um, he got bumped on the throw. I believe it was from the left side, so it probably Deion Dawkins just didn't hold his ground long enough or well enough. Um, for that one. And then the there was the throw to Stefan Diggs, 50 yards down the, the, the I think the right sideline. It was Diggs, it was in his arms. It was a beautiful, beautiful pass. And uh if you're if you're a team's number one and if you're considered one of the elite receivers, you gotta come down with that. You have to. And and it's been kind of a struggle that seems like the second half of the season for, for Diggs. Um I, I don't know what's what's happening there. I don't know if it's a decline because of age. Uh, from what everything that I've heard and, and uh, as far as, you know, game film and things like that, he, that's not the issue. But for whatever reason, he, number one on the team in drops, I believe, one of the lower catch rates on the team. You just can't have that from your number one guy. Yeah, I mean, especially – I mean, drops are going to happen. I mean, Kansas City's yeah. receivers have, uh, have seemingly caught, not caught – Anything, everything, and then all of a sudden, MPS captain pass. Rasheed Rice, Kelsey. That digs pass showed, told me something. I'm like, if Buffalo stalls on catching perfect pass, I'm like, Buffalo's not going to win this game. I'm like, I'm like that. That show knows because you didn't see Kansas City offensive players making mistakes. If Buffalo's best wide receivers drop in a wide and drop in. A perfectly thrown pass that, I mean, if Diggs catches it, is that a touchdown? Perhaps. Is that a first down? Absolutely. And I definitely think it would have led to points. Uh, whether it would have been six or three, who knows. Uh, I don't think he probably would have scored on that that play only because the coverage was there. There was good coverage. Uh, Allen just dropped it over his shoulder perfectly in front of him. Uh, who knows what could have could have should have happened there. Uh, and I know some people, you know, yeah, he's the most targeted player on the team, so you're going to have some drops. But, again, I just kind of go back to you're supposed to be one of the lead receivers in this league, one of the top five best at this position. Um, when the team needs you, that's when you step up. And he just hasn't this year. And I, 
I like I said, I don't have an answer for it. Uh, I know a lot of people would say, well, he's being double covered. Yeah, I know. But so is Jamar Chase. So is Justin Jefferson. So is CeeDee Lamb. Yet they get their plays. They they make those plays still. They find a way for their team to come through when they need to in the clutch. And again, that just has not happened down the stretch with Diggs. The Bills have been getting it done with Khalil Shakir, Dalton Kincaid, a little bit of Dawson Knox, James Cook, some of these younger players, which is great to see for the future of the team. Don't get me wrong. The, the nucleus there, the foundation is, is good. Uh, that Super Bowl window that people want to talk about right now is still wide open. As long as you've got Josh Allen, you've got that great foundation of youth. There's not an issue there. But I do think that the team needs to start looking towards a, a number one. And I'm not saying replace Diggs because that's not going to happen. Uh, he's still under contract. They still are paying him an exorbitant amount of money. So he's not going anywhere. But I do think that this offseason, the Bills do need to put more of a focus on probably their top top two receivers, to be honest. Khalil Shakir could be that guy. Um, I think he's a perfect fit in the slot position. Um, but I, I do think the Bills need to start looking for some outside receivers. Yeah, especially because Dix has been very quiet the last, particularly December and January, even the last three postseason. I mean, Dix has not been himself. I mean, Gabe Deep has called four touchdowns against the Chiefs two years ago. Last year was everybody else, and even yesterday, Diggs was very quiet. I mean, uh, Dolan Kincaid was the leading receiver, and then Khalil Shakir called Buffalo's only touchdown pass yesterday. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, thinking. I don't care if double, triple team, Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl where the Chiefs put like eight guys on him, still catching passes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're an elite receiver, you should. Uh, I don't. I, I mean, I don't want to sit here and keep Allen on Diggs, and I'm not certainly blaming him for the loss yesterday. That was a team effort in that loss, and this is the ultimate team game. You can't blame one person. You can't blame Sean McDermott because he chose to roll with an injured punter. You can't blame uh, Stephon Diggs because he dropped the pass. Um, you can't. I'm, that's that's the problem I think with a lot of fans, and not just Bills fans, but fans in general. They feel like they've got to have a scapegoat. They've got to have somebody to blame, whether it's Tyler Bass because of the the, the missed field goal or whatever the case is. But if you go back, Diggs catches that pass. Bass probably isn't in that position. If McDermott doesn't decide to go for that fourth down punt, who knows what could have happened. Maybe we push the, you know, I, there's so many what ifs that you have to look at this as a to, total game. You can't just pointing at one guy and say, well, that's, that's, we lost because of that guy. That's a typical fan reaction, uh, but it's a team effort and a loss. So, but with Diggs, yeah, like I said, I, if you're, you're supposed to be an elite guy, you, you've got to find ways to, to get yourself open to make those catches when they're there. Uh, and I've seen too many times down the stretch where he's dropped some passes, that, like even screen passes, like what? Yeah. I don't, you got to catch those. Um, and then defensively, I mean, the Bills' defense, I think, has been underrated for a long time. I mean, but seemingly, the Bills' defense has banged up from day one this year. To Davis White, towards Achilles, week four. Matt Milano. The last two years. Matt Milano, yeah, 20 ACL and 20 Achilles. No, no point, no, but Matt Milano broke his leg in London. 
And then seemingly the Bills nearly ran out of linebackers yesterday. Not good against Travis Kelsey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like I said, it's it's a two-year issue now. We had injuries last year that I think kind of derailed the team uh, and some other off-the-field things. Obviously, the DeMar Hamlin situation, I think emotionally that team was just drained and had nothing left in the tank. But this year's team, uh, I think they – the beginning of the year when everybody was healthy, uh, the defense looked great. They were getting pressure. They looked fantastic. Then the injuries started to pile up. The middle of the season, they struggled. They struggled to get stops when they when they needed to. Uh, and then it felt like the, they were, okay, we've, we figured out what we're going to do with this group. We figured out how to play defense with this group that we've got here, backups and, and some of the starters still. But then I think losing Benford for this game last night and also Bernard, I think those two losses were bigger than we anticipated, especially Bernard. Because he's been fantastic for the Bills, he's been making, getting in there, and he's been making game-changing plays all season long. Uh, and I think that really kind of showed, particularly against uh, Pacheco, and um, and even Balen Specter when he's been healthy and in the games, he's played very, very well. Uh, also, and he was out for this game. And at one point, um, I believe we even had AJ Klein came out of the game, and I think Dodson did too. And we had Tyler Medikevich, who's a lifelong special teamers at one point he was in the game you just it's just it became too much um and when you're playing against a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes regardless of what his supporting cast is you know um at some point those injuries are going to catch up to you and uh and somebody like Mahomes he's going to take advantage of those and they and they did they did a great job last night of uh, of doing that and uh hopefully next year <laughs> 2024 uh, maybe we can be healthy um all the way throughout the season and and not suffer some of these losses. Like Tredavious White, I, I'm a little concerned for him um, because torn ACL, torn Achilles, you're talking about a position who uh, is expected to cut quickly, change directions very quickly. Um, that's going to be really, really hard on a player coming back from Achilles. That's one reason why you don't see a lot of running backs come back from that injury because of the, the, the demand on that, on their ankles and their feet, their lower body. Uh, and you suffer an injury like that, and it's tough to come back. Fortunately for the Bills, we've got Douglas under contract for one more year. We've got Benford will be back next season, obviously. Um, I think Kyer Elam could be in play as well. I think he's going to um, rebound next year. So as far as the defensive backs, we're still in good shape there for the corners. But I, I, we're going to have to wait to see what we get with, uh, with White. Well, what was different with the Bills in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter? Because I'm like, usually you see great – if you run the ball well in the first half, you run the ball well in the second half. Like, Buffalo's offense only put up, what, seven points yesterday. Seven points in the second half, yeah. And that was the third quarter. They, they were shut out in the fourth. Uh, again, I – uh, the only thing I can think of as far as the, the running game is it, it did feel like in the second half, Allen was running a little bit less than he was in the first. And and that might have been also been because of the Chiefs um, probably made some adjustments to to help mitigate some of that. And like I said, with, with James Cook, same thing. Uh, he was running well initially, and I just think they did a good job of, of um, slowing that down as well and kind of forcing the Bills to kind of go back to the air and uh, they, the Chiefs' defense, like I said, it's one of the best in the league. And uh, in the first half to three quarters, Buffalo had their way. And then 
the Chiefs put the clamps down. They did a good job. I also think with Kansas City, I don't think the Chief, I don't think the Chiefs fear Josh Allen throwing the ball deep because because it, it, it's weird with a Josh Allen team. Like, you know how many twenty-yard plays the Bills racked up yesterday? Twenty yards? I am none. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. I think Kansas Not for City, trying. That's for sure. They they were trying, but Kansas City got eight 20 yard plays yesterday. Yeah. Um yeah, their receivers chose a great time to decide to catch the football. I don't know that they had any drops in that game. Um which is, you know, the team led the league in drops this year. But just like, you know, I, I've i got a buddy that she's a Chiefs fan here locally. He's one of, my, one of my closest friends. He was, you know, kind of frustrated with the Chiefs because, yeah, they're dropping passes. Like, I don't think they're going to get very far even if they – once they're in the playoffs. But I told him, I was like, you know, as Andy Reid, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's the Chiefs. You, you can't count them out. Uh, despite maybe not having as explosive an offense as what we've seen in the past – that's, you know, Mahomes is one of those guys that when you're in the playoffs, he's he's just different. Allen's the same way. He's in the playoffs. He's just different. Uh, There's always this talk about his interceptions uh, year after year after year, but this was his 10th playoff game. He has four total interceptions, four. So, and and I, and I think well over uh, 26, 2,700 yards. I mean, he's been fantastic, and I think 20 – he had two, three touchdowns last night. So he's up to 26 touchdowns, total touchdowns in those 10 playoff games. So there are certain players in this league that when the lights are on and they're in that moment, they rise up. Unfortunately, on the other side of that, there's players that don't. I need Dak Prescott. Um, and in the past, it's kind of been the Bills' defense, right? Uh, I think I think – this particular season, the injuries were just too much for them to overcome. Are the Bills too? Uh, are the Bills too relying on Josh Allen? Because seemingly, maybe the Bills. I mean, we saw James Cook run for a ton of yards against the Cowboys, and then the Bills able to win with defense, the running game, and not Josh Allen being Superman. And I mean, yeah, Josh Allen was Superman against Miami, but. Are the Bills overlying on Josh Allen? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people disagree with that, but they've got weapons that he can go to. There's Kincaid, which I, I hope we see him implemented more into the offense next year. But, you know, there's James Cook. There's Khalil Shakir. Um, there's, there's people there that he can rely on. This particular game, the Chiefs, they figured out uh, how to stop Cook in the second half. And Allen had to do it. And, and and sometimes that's what makes players like him great. Patrick Mahomes is the same way. Lamar Jackson, you look at these guys, and and I don't know why people want to talk about Allen so much as being so reliant on him. He always has to be Superman. Well, yeah, there's cases for any player like him where they have to become that guy. Patrick Mahomes, the same way. Lamar Jackson, like I said, there's moments in these games where their teams do depend on them to be Superman and get the, and make the plays, um, especially with the Chiefs. I mean, look at this year. They got Kelsey, and that's about it. Rasheed Rice is kind of coming on a little bit. Um, but I don't know. With with Allen, it's it's who he is. 
I don't want to take the running out of out of that that game because it is part of his game. It is a weapon, and it's something the defenses have to uh, you know game plan for. I think he's done a better job of, of getting down though. We're, we haven't seen him hurdle anybody in a while. It's been a minute. <laughs> Um, so that's the only thing is just eliminating some of those, those hits and getting down and getting out of bounds, uh, when you need to, but this team's going to go as far as Allen takes them. And I think when you look at most teams with quarterbacks like that, if they're an elite quarterback, that's how it rolls. You take any of these elite quarterbacks off their team and they're just not the same. It's not just Buffalo. It's all of these elite quarterbacks. It's the Lamar Jacksons and the Mahomes of the world. You take them out of there and their teams are different. And all, and also in some cases, you don't want to take the running out of a quarterback because you know offensive line play is down in general. So if Josh Allen's running less, that might be a good thing. But you know, having that threat also means, hey, I have to keep a spy on you. That's one. That's one more guy not in coverage. Yeah, exactly, and um, yeah, and with the Bills, uh, I. I they, I think in that first half, because they were talking about during the broadcast, that they didn't really have a spy on him. I think they started to do that later on in the game, though. And you would think that in theory that they would have open people, and, and they did in, in some instances, but the offensive line didn't hold up in a couple of those cases. Like, I, like for example, like I said, the close Shakir in the end zone, that should have been six. And I don't think if, um, or I think if Allen hadn't gotten hit, and it wasn't a big, it's not like he got, you know, blast or anything, but it was, he got bumped into and it affected the throw. And, um, you know, there's other opportunities that the Bills just didn't capitalize on when they were there. Like the date, the Stefan Diggs down the field throw. There was another one to um, uh, Sherfield that he dove for and got his hands on and probably should have been able to pull that in. Wasn't the perfect throw, but it was there and Sherfield should have came down with it. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those plays. Speaking of plays, uh, how much blame do you think Sean McDermott gets? Because, I mean, we didn't see the same mistakes from Kansas City. Is that because Andy Reid's a great offensive mind? Kansas City's offensive line didn't make mistakes, caught the ball. And Sean McDermott's a defensive mind coach. Is that the – is that – Maybe the difference in Kansas City winning these playoff games and Buffalo not winning these playoff games. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, of course, you can look at any game and probably point out a few, couple of opportunities where maybe the decision that the coach made you don't necessarily agree with because it didn't work. Um, that fake punt, if that works, I mean, Jeremy's a genius and everybody loves him for it, right? That's just how this game works. But if it doesn't, suddenly he's the worst coach on the planet and needs to get fired. Um, it's a ridiculous uh, take as far as I'm concerned, uh, because I, I've talked about this multiple times, especially when the Bills were sitting at six and six, and there was a lot of the fan base calling for McDermott's firing. This team, these players love McDermott. They have repeatedly said things like they would go to war with this guy. He is their coach. You get rid of him, I guarantee you, a lot of this roster would follow him to wherever he is he ends up because he would have another head coaching job within a week. Um, I wouldn't even be shocked if somebody like Josh Allen's like, you know what, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to sign an extension contract because you guys fired my coach. You started over. I'm going to go with McDermott. 
Is that likely? No. Elite quarterbacks typically don't move on until later in their career, but Matt Milano's of the world, who every single time it comes up for contract, he takes less money to stay in Buffalo. You got guys like Jordan Poirier last season, same thing. He hit the free agent mark. He's like, you know what? I want to do this, run this back with, with this Bills team. Those decisions these players make, it's because of the culture that Sean McDermott has built. You take that out of the equation, guarantee you, you start losing players. Guarantee you there's some of these name free agents that are coming up that won't sign with Bills because of the uncertainty of a new coach. I think it's silly. I think it's a foolish conversation to, to want to fire him. But that's, you know, like I said, fan base wants to point the finger and blame one person. And unfortunately, that's going to be largely McDermott. What did you think of the fake punt when the Bills were down three in the fourth? Again, that's one of those things where I don't agree with it. I wouldn't have done it myself. But like I said, if it works, he's a genius and everybody loves him. Um, and that's always been kind of one of the knocks on him is he's not aggressive enough. But as soon as he is aggressive and it doesn't work out, people are like, well, that was a stupid decision. Why would you do that? You should be fired. And there's always that knee-jerk reaction in those situations and those types of plays. Um, we saw it in um, – uh, there was well, – maybe it was a Detroit game. They went four and fourth down. I think it might have been a fake punt. I, I could be wrong, but it was somewhat recent in a game. And it worked out. And it was like, oh, such an aggressive play. That was a great move, you know, whatever. If it doesn't work, you're blasted for it. If it does work, you're a genius, and that's just how it is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's don't if you do and don't if you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if I would have said to you, the Bills would have run for 182 yards, have the ball for 37 minutes, and Joshua and – and Josh Allen wouldn't throw any interceptions. I would have seen. you probably thinking the Bills win that game, right? Yeah. Yeah, you would. Um, three touchdowns, no turnovers, 180-plus yards. Yeah, you. if you look at that, uh, I think you you probably assume a win. But it doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> I mean, if not for Nico Holden fumbling on the goal line, it might have been even. It might have been a ten-point loss instead of three. Yeah. And then, of course, the. And then, of course, the field goal and Buffalo fans are not going to like the uh, are not going to like wide right. I'm like, I'm like, wide right should just be outlawed in upstate in Western New York, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, history repeating itself, right? Coming right back around and it happens again. But um, yeah, like I said, I, I don't put it entirely on Tyler Bass. Yeah, that's his job. Yeah, he was in a position, should have probably hit that. And it has been a little bit of a down year for him. Uh, and I remember, you know, sitting here last night watching the game with my family and, and thinking that um, don't put it in Tyler Bass' hands. Just don't. You've got to score a touchdown. Because. You know, sometimes you just get that unnerving feeling about a situation, and and that's exactly what happened, and, and my concern came to fruition. But, again, Bill shouldn't have been in that position. Uh, there was multiple plays throughout the game that if they make the plays, the game is different. So, And even going back 30-something years to that first Super Bowl and Scott Norwood missing that field goal 
looking watching that game, and I've watched it many times. <laughs> uh, there was many opportunities in that game that the Bills could have won uh, won that game. Uh, there was the safety from Bruce Smith. He literally had his hands wrapped around Hosteller's wrist with the ball in his hand, and he didn't knock the ball out. So that's an opportunity for a touchdown instead of a safety. So there's just several moments, and you can you can do that with any game. There's several moments throughout any game. If it goes just you know two or three plays the other way, it's a completely different uh, ball game. So I know there's a lot of hate towards uh, Bass today, and unfortunately, I, I've heard that he had to delete his Instagram account because he was um, getting death threats and just you know stupid immature fans. Uh, but uh, that's the nature of this game, unfortunately, and there's. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what fan base it is, whether it's my own or another team's. There's people like that in every fan base, and that's kind of a problem with society in general today. I remember playing the in Super Bowl twenty five where Mark Ingram got by about yep six build defenders. I mean, if one of those builds tackles him, maybe the Giants are kicking a field goal. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he dodged all 11 guys on that play. <laughs> At least twice. <laughs> yeah. So, is is beating the Chiefs – I mean, do you compare the Chiefs with the uh, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Rob Gronkowski Patriot teams in many ways? Because it looked like New England – it looked like Kansas City played a very New England kind of game yesterday. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, uh, like I said before we started the this, uh, this episode, um, Mahomes is the new Brady, the Chiefs are the new Patriots. Uh, and there's the, this rivalry that's brewing between these two teams. It, it, it does remind me of the old uh, Patriots and Colts rivalries with Manning and, and Brady. And Manning did get his Super Bowls later on, so I'm hoping that – uh, that's the end that the Bills will get uh, one or two before it's all said and done. And I honestly do think that Allen will and the Bills will get one at some point. But um, the big thing is that this injury has got to stop. But, again, that's the nature of the game. But, yeah, this is – that's who they are. That is – they're the new Patriots of the, of the league. Um, yeah, and got a lot, of, a lot of messages from other fan bases – uh, during this week, about hoping that the Bills knock out Mahomes, but you know it didn't happen. Is beating the Chiefs a bigger physical or mental hurdle now? Because it seems like, uh it's like so close, but not quite there. I definitely think there's. Well, it, it's tough because if you look at how these games have played out. Allen has always played great. He, in every one of the games he's played against the Chiefs, he has been fantastic. So I don't think that there's really a mental hang-up with him now or even going forward. I think he's fully confident that he can do what needs to be done. Um, I think they showed a stat, or they did show a stat last night, that I believe, uh, I think the number was eight, eight or nine, eight or nine times, where Allen has led the Bills on a game-winning or tying drive, and they're two and six in those games. So, my concern would become more about maybe the defense and starting to, 
you know, some of the players like, oh, here we go again. If even one thing doesn't go right, but because and that's because that's been the problem. That's every single time we face the Chiefs, that's been the issue, as the defense. So we'll see. I like I said, I don't think there's necessarily a mental hurdle just yet, especially as far as Allen's concerned, because he is just one of those guys. When the moment's on the line, he he rises up. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen's throwing what, one pick in three playoff games against the Chiefs. And, I mean, one of me threw four touchdowns. The last time he scored three, counted for three touchdowns. So, seven touchdowns, mm-hmm. no picks last two games against Mahomes. Unless unless Josh Allen's flying the plane, driving the bus, or maybe in uh, your case, driving driving the snow, the snow pile, what else could he do? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, well, that's like I was saying. He's got over, I think, 2,700 yards passing uh, in 10 games. He averages about 60 yards rushing, only four interceptions. And of those four picks, two of them came last year against in the Miami game in the wild card round. So half of them in that one game. That's, that's phenomenal. <laughs> and there's so much talk about his turnovers, but when it's playoff time, it just it's a rarity for him to turn it over like that. But, I, hey, you know, maybe next year we can get into the playoffs again, and which I'm, I have no doubt they will. Uh, just, I just want them to get there healthy. And I know that no team is 100% healthy going into the playoffs. We know that. But, man, Daquan Jones for the majority of the season, Trey White again, Matt Milano, Terrell Bernard, Christian Benford. Uh, you name the player, we've played more than a game or two without him at some point this year. Jordan Phillips. Yeah, it's been he, it's been a lot. I, and it, there, it sounded like potentially Jordan Phillips and, and um, uh, I also heard Micah Hyde are contemplating retirement. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, the Bills have a lot of a lot of uh, uh, questions they're going to have to find answers to this this off season, but I'm glad you mentioned finances because I'm not sure. I'm not sure you looked at Buffalo's cap situation. Uh, not, good, not, not good. You've definitely been on spot track, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, spot track over the cap.com as well. Um, that's probably the main one I like to use, but um, yeah, 43.7 million over the cap. That doesn't, that doesn't account for the potential cap increase, which we know is going to happen. We don't know how much that's going to be, but that's the thing. We've got some contracts on this team, on this roster, that are, are really kind of holding the team back at this point. So I don't expect any big, splashy, you know, fancy moves this offseason. Uh, I do anticipate this team is probably going to roll it back with the majority of the same roster next year, just out of necessity. Um, you look at uh, Von Miller, who unfortunately had – probably the worst season of his career. And he's a $32 million cap hit if they were to release him. So that's not going to happen, right? Uh, the hope is that maybe he can come back next year and be more of who he was before the the injury, the ACL. But he is, I think, 35, 34, somewhere around there. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Then there's Jatavius White. Um, I think his cap hit is somewhere around 17. Don't quote me on that because that could be off. But And then there's also Dawson Knox. Love Dawson Knox, but what for they're paying him, I want more out of him. But to get more out of him means more targets, and more targets means Kincaid's not going to get those targets, and I would rather be Kincaid. So 
um, yeah, there's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding for the Bills this offseason and next year, and I think uh, they're going to have to get through the next season or two, particularly the next season with some of these contracts before they can start really making some big changes as far as the finances go. Oh, by the way, Josh Allen, while well, uh, you got it, well, Buffalo saw what happened with Josh Allen Chief, guess what Josh Allen's cap hit's going to be next year? Oh, yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> $47 million. Yeah. Yeah. The Bills are going to have to do some uh, salary cap, um, as the guys over at Shout Podcast like to call it, some uh, salary cap gymnastics <laughs> to, to get things figured out. I'm not sure how the Nolan Saints get out of a salary cap hella for a year because the Saints are always like 80-something million over the cap. Yeah. Yeah, I remember a couple of seasons ago they were 78, I think, million, and they and they found a way to get under the cap. And, and these teams will because they have to, right? They don't have a choice. They, they have to be under the cap, so they'll find ways to do it. Um, how they do that, that's going to be the question. Um, I do hope that uh, – like I said, I, just, I think next year they're just going to have to basically take the hit roll it back with a lot of the same players. I don't think they're going to have um, – I think their their depth is going to take a hit. So if they do get hit with injuries, they might have a really hard time getting in the playoffs if they get you know, with those. But, again, there's a lot of youth on this team that has played well as of late. Baylon Spector has been playing well. Terrell Bernard, obviously. Uh, Terrell Dodson's a free agent, so that's going to be interesting to see what he decides to do. Um, you've got uh, – Poyer's under contract for another season. Taylor Rapp is a free agent as well, so they got to figure out that. Especially if Hyde leaves, if he decides to retire, then Rapp, I think, becomes even a bigger priority. Uh, you've got Daquan Jones right now, who is not under contract. He's set to become a free agent. In fact, the Bills have one interior defensive lineman under contract right now for 2024, and that's Ed Oliver. So fortunately, got the, they got that deal done. Um, but I think Jones is going to be another priority this offseason. You've got to figure out a way to get him back as well. But I think the depth on this team is going to take a hit for 2024 for sure. Are the, are the Bills still in the um, in their Super Bowl window, or is it closing ever so tightly? <laughs> like as long as Josh Allen is alive and kicking, this window is going to forever be open. Uh, that's he's going to will this team to win, and he's going to continue to do what he has to do, whether that's putting the cape on or whatever. Uh, as long as he's under center and healthy, this team will always have a chance. Um, 2024, like I said, is going to be interesting uh, because if they can't stay healthy, if they do struggle with these injuries again, I do think it's going to be tough. After that, uh, I think they can start to kind of make some more moves again because they will have some of these contracts that they could potentially get, get out from under and not take such a big hit. But this year, but the silver lining for 2024 is this year's draft. It's a very, very deep class. Um, you've got a ton of really, really good wide receivers who I think could come in day one and have an instant impact. And I believe the, the Bills have nine draft picks this year available to them. So if they can hit on at least half of those, uh, I think they'll be okay. But if they don't, like I said, it could be it could be tough. You know, injuries could really derail next season if, if that's the case. But We'll see. I think Bean does a pretty good job of drafting the last, especially the last couple of years. He's he's hit on some late round picks like Khalil Shakir, 
like Matt Milano. Those guys are both fifth rounders. Even Terrell Bernard in the third round was uh, now looking back is <laughs> a fantastic pick as well. So, yeah, did you hear that? I heard reports today that Josh Allen played the second half game with like an AC sprain. I, you know, I don't know. I know that there was talk of a. Um, I heard a little bit of conversation about the shoulder injury that he he suffered at somewhere in the middle of the season, and um, but as far as any specific injuries in this game, I haven't heard of anything in particular. Like I said, I know he's kind of been nursing a shoulder injury uh, for most of the second half of the season. Obviously, not anything significant. He's still launching the ball 50, 60 yards downfield with ease, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, got, got nobody's hundred percent this time. You know, I heard it was like yeah. week seven, but Josh Allen played basically in two thirds. There's, I mean, I guess when you six five, two hundred forty pounds, you're gonna get banged up more than most. Yeah, um, that is that is an accurate statement, but I, I, I mean, I don't know. We've We've seen him take some hits, um, and he just always bounces back up. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not really worried about the longevity of his career because of that. Um, I know that some people have compared him to the likes of uh, Cam Newton, and they're like, "Well, look what happened to Newton after he got beat up all the time because he was running so much." But I, to me, that is more about Newton's inability to be a pocket passer. I think Allen can do that. I think. Allen can be a, just a purely pocket passer if he needs to be once he gets later in his career. Uh, you look at Newton, even in Newton's uh, MVP year, he completed less than 60% of the passes. He's never been a good passer. You can't say that about Allen. He's a good passer. So even if he starts to get banged up, starts to lose a step because of that, I'm not too concerned about him being just purely a passer. Yeah, and plus, and plus. I think in today's NFL mobility matters because the offensive line play has never been worse. I mean, I mean, look at the two guys in the AFC Championship game. Let's see, Lamar might be the best mobile, might be the best running quarterback we've ever seen, and Mahomes. I'm just saying, yeah. I think I'd rather have Lamar than Brock Purdy on my team, or Josh Allen <laughs> or Brock Purdy on my team. Yeah. Well, and the Chiefs have a great offensive line. They do. That's one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, and there was a few moments in that game last night where we were so close. Uh, Gregory Rousseau, was, he played a really well, good game if you watch him. There was a couple times he had Mahomes. But, yeah, Mahomes is he, – he's not fleet of foot. You know, he's not going to outrun too many people. But he's really good at moving around inside the pocket – and picking up what he can in the running and with with his legs, there I there's really not too many quarterbacks better at that than him, to be honest. At just getting enough movement here and there to buy himself a little bit more time to to make the throw. I don't know how many times in that game last night we saw that happen where we had him, he didn't make a great play, got out of the pressure, got away from the pressure, and made the throw. Yeah, Pat Mahomes sneakily quick. Yeah. Was last night's loss harder than any of the Bills' Super Bowl losses in the early 90s? 
No, absolutely not. Uh, for me personally, that first Super Bowl was the hardest. Um, that that uh, yeah, as far as all the games that I've watched, the hardest loss. Uh, the Tennessee loss with the Music City Miracle, that one was pretty rough. But that one I actually did not watch live because that's when I was in the military, so I was off doing training. So I didn't even watch that game until I got home and I watched recording. And by that point, I would already knew what happened. So that one kind of you know takes a little bit of a backseat. The only thing with this one, and I was telling my family this last night before the game, even if we don't advance to the Super Bowl, I want to win this game. I want to beat the Chiefs. I am tired of their narrative that Allen can't beat Mahomes. When we all know it's not Allen versus Mahomes. They're not in the octagon going toe-to-toe. It's Mahomes versus our defense and their defense versus Allen. That's that's how this game actually works, even though people always want to make the comparison and, oh, against so-and-so quarterback, these guys are 4-3 and three, or whatever the case may be. Um. That kind of goes back to the whole quarterbacks or wins being a quarterback stat. I don't buy into that because, again, this is the ultimate team sport. It's not just the one guy. Can a quarterback lose a game for you? Absolutely. Can he win it? Yeah, but he can also lose it because somebody else didn't do their job. You know, and so I'm not a big fan of that, you know, QB versus QB thing. But as far as this particular loss, it definitely ranks up there. Um, even the 13-second one, I think, in my mind, was the worst loss because of just how great Allen played in that game, how great the offense played in that game. And then to come up short the way they did is, you know, that was heartbreaking. This one, yeah, it sucked, but I woke up this morning. I was like, you know what? We got a good team. We do. Uh, and as long as Allen's under center, we'll always have a shot. We'll always have a chance. So um, I'll take that any day over the 17-year playoff drought again. Hey, you know what I would say? You go in every year with one of the top two, three quarterbacks in the game. Guess what? You've got a chance. Always have a chance. Yeah, always. And who knows? He might go his whole career and never win one. Damn, Dan Marino, Marino never got one. <laughs> that doesn't. Um, Dan Fouts never got to a Super Bowl. Uh, Jim Kelly never won a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, it's it wrong that Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl, but. There, yeah, there's a lot of great ones out there that never got it. And it's kind of frustrating from, from my perspective that um, the media and fans want to always, you know, point of, at, at that as, well, you're not that good of a quarterback because you never won a Super Bowl. I, I don't agree with that at all um, because, again, it's a team thing. And if the team doesn't get it done, well, then that's just how it is. It's not just his fault. It's not just because of Mahomes that they won two Super Bowls. It's not just because of Joe Montana they won four Super Bowls. It's not just because of Troy Eggman that the Cowboys won three Super Bowls. It's, it's always about the team. And uh, I, I, and I, it, it, it's difficult for me to understand why fans can't understand that concept. But that's how it is. They're always going to point to that. They're always going to say, oh, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league because he's got all the accolades. Does he have all the accolades? Yeah. But is it because he had Tyreek Hill to throw to and catch the ball? Is it because, and not even Tyreek Hill, Hill was great, but everybody on that team helped make him great. Andy Reid helps make him great. 
It's the same thing with you go back to Joe Montana, Bill Walsh. There's always reasons. Like, it's for example, put Mahomes on Carolina Panthers team. How okay. good do you think the Panthers are going to be? Or put CJ Stroud in Super Bowls. Or put CJ Stroud on the Panthers this year and Bryce Young on the Texans. Yeah, exactly. I, I you've got to have a supporting cast. Whether that's just on the roster or if that's the coaching staff or combination of, uh, I think that's why those San Francisco teams back in the 80s were so dominant because they had one of the best coaches in NFL history and the best wide receiver in NFL history. Oh, by the way, one of the best safeties in Ronnie Lott, one of the best all-purpose running backs in um, Roger Craig, even the Bills in the 90s, Andre Reid, Bruce Smith, Marv Levy as the coach. Like, you can't do this by yourself. And also those 49er teams had, had I think we both concur, the greatest wide receiver ever, Jerry Rice. Yeah. Yep. Well, the good news for Bills fans, there's always next year, Baltus. <laughs> That's becoming our annual motto. <laughs> Trust me, being a Jack fan, being a Jack fan, that's what I've been saying. Before. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, that's why we've been watching, because you never know. Thanks for, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the ratings would have been for the last time seen, but I'm sure they were th through the roof. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. All right, Ronnie. So thanks for hopping on. Uh, we wish you well. Maybe, maybe this time next year we're talking a Bill Jacks AFC Championship. Maybe you know you never know. Anything crazy things can happen. Uh, I just don't want the Chiefs back in there. <laughs>